This is Marisha from Coruscant Radio Underground. And this is Iana from the Padawan Report. And this is the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, your source for everything going on in that galaxy far, far away. And that's the Scuttlebutt. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. And may the Force be with you always. Bienvenidos, amigos y seguidores del programa a una edición muy especial de Scarif Podcast. Estamos aquí esta noche y esta semana se estrenó la nueva serie de Disney Plus Andor con Diego Luna. Estamos listos a dar nuestra opinión y hablar de esta serie. Vamos a saludar a nuestro anfitrión, Brad. ¿Cómo se encuentra esta noche, Brad? Hey, you need to speak American. What? Que la chi. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Well, after a little technical difficulty, our universal translator was switched over. But thank you very much for uh, stopping. Look at everybody in the chat. It's a wonderful evening here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Brad, how you doing? Much better now that you're speaking English. Now I can relate to you. <laughs> and... Maybe we can yeah. have a decent conversation now. Well, before you couldn't relate to me because you were not uh, speaking Spanish and uh, you no, didn't mi you migrate from anywhere. No, that's <laughs> God forbid. I don't know why we're even talking about Andor because I watched three shows and didn't understand it at all. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's because you had the captions on Spanish I... <laughs> or French, French, French. Yes, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Couldn't well, relate. Couldn't relate, but uh, thank you, everyone. This is a special uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Oh, they're all special. Come on. Yeah. They're all special because look at all the wonderful people in the chat. We got, uh, let me see. I'm going to go back over here. Let's uh, put up some some wonderful comments from everyone. Um, can you guess uh, who was first? Wow. I don't know. We got so many awesome fans these days. Uh... Danny from Comics and Cosmetics. She got here oh. half an hour early. Thank you Thanks, very much, Danny. Danny. Megan is here too. Hey, what's up, Megan? And uh, G-Force Racing, thank you so much for stopping by. The ever so wonderful Melanie is here as well. And uh, our new Red 5 member, because she's over at, uh, or he's over at um, Scarif After Dark, Sith Care Bear. Nice. Josh. Hey, Josh. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. And let's see. Oh, my friend and yours, Lunar Girl. What's up, Lunar Girl? Thank you very much for wielding the blue wrench. We're going to make sure that everybody is under control. And speaking of control, we got Emotional Evolution 
Hello there. I thought you were going to say Joker voice. <laughs> Speaking of control. We, we can't start until JV's here. Absolutely. So let's see. Vader, very uh, thanks for showing up. Um, was it last week or this week? I thought you had uh, an event um, happening. Maybe it was last week. But uh, anyways, yeah. Tina's in the house. What's up, Tina? Um, always good to see our friends and Dragon Buddy. Thank you, Dragon Buddy. Uh, let's see. We have some uh, Dave's Dimensions is in here. May the force be with everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming by. Um, pretty, pretty awesome pretty good. chat. It is. Um, really awesome chat. And it uh, looks like we have Shanti in the back room here. Um, her, her little icon is still gray, so I think maybe she's warming up. Or something's happening over there. But uh, we will get Shanti in here um, relatively soon and um, make sure that we uh, start uh, talking. What are we going to be talking about tonight? Well, we don't have much to talk about. Uh, it's three episodes of I don't know what that was. No, we're uh, going to be talking about Andor. And, and I think you and I have some differing opinions on it, but not for the reasons you okay, know, some okay. other people put on on, yeah, uh, I like uh, you know you and I chatted uh, after you watched it and I like everything you had to say, but I have some issues with it. Not for sure. for you know, and we'll just talk about. I don't, maybe the maybe it's not an elephant in the room. Maybe it's already dead. Uh, you know, if anybody was wondering about our our intro, uh, some idiot I don't know who he was posted on Twitter uh, that uh, you. Ha this is the only reason I can do this show with Roe right now. Um, is uh, I'm, your, if, I'm your token Mexican. Yeah, yeah. So we have a Mexican here. If you're white, you can't talk about Andor because you just won't understand it. And uh, tweets like that don't get us anywhere. Uh, I believe tweets like that, although they are trying to be anti-racist, end up being some of the most racist things out there on the internet. Um, and uh, let's face it, the United States is a country of immigrants that's what makes it so great um you know every every group of people got here at different times and had to face different levels i mean obviously some were way worse than others is what they had to face but uh you know you know having irish immigrants in my family you know they did not have it easy when they got here and it's just it's just idiotic to, to put something like that and uh it's we don't need that kind of crap and it's just divisive Absolutely. Um, here, here. And now I want to put that one to bed and continue so we can actually have a real conversation. And Shanti's here. Hey. And Shanti's here. What's up, girl? Hello. Sorry for being late. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So absolutely. Um, thank you, uh, everybody. You know, we. Um, how many times did you guys watch the uh, first three episodes of Andor? Just, just once because I haven't I had time yeah, to watch I didn't it get again. A yeah. So I I, I was uh, I wanted to watch it again because I, I was on um a stream with Polly at the Latino slant, and he was bringing up some things that I didn't catch the first time around. So I wanted to um with my trusty note and my wonderful oh. when and my wonderful penmanship, I wanted to be able to uh kind of jot some notes down on those first three episodes. Um I've got a lot of notes, but uh, we also have uh, some really great comments from 
um, our friends on Twitter. And I also want to encourage everyone um, in the chat to uh, to chime in. We will put up your comments up on screen and uh, touch on them as well. Those are some um, really great uh, talking points that you got from the from from Twitter. So yeah, I look forward to discussing some of those. Absolutely. All right. So um, first round, uh, episode one called uh, Casa Casa. Mikasa Sukasa, something like that. There you go again. Not speaking basic. (laughs) Sorry, I thought I was going to drop it. Never mind. But um, yeah, the first episode. Let let me. Let me. um, I'm going to ask you guys what you thought of the first three. But actually, I want to say that you know originally it was going to be the first two episodes that dropped at the same time. Then they said three episodes, which I think was a genius move, and we'll get to that towards the end after we, we, we kind of, uh, you know, distill the first two. Um, but three episodes, I feel work pretty damn well in the scope of what we saw. And, um, again, I'll, I'll we'll get to it, but what it, did needed, you th- it, it needed to be three. Um, I, uh, just like when, when Boba started, you know, I, I would have felt very incomplete. Um, I don't remember exactly where the second episode ended off, but I, I just know if, if, if it had stopped there, it would have felt very incomplete. So I agree with you. I think three was the right answer in this one. Three. Yeah. Three was perfect. Um, so that first episode, what did you guys, um, I'm always nervous when I start a new star Wars show. It's no, what is wrong with you. You, you, know, you want to, okay? you want to give, give our ratings, want to give our zero out of 10, how many stars before we, before we get going? Um, per for episode first, or for the whole thing, for, for the whole thing, for, for, for the, whole the thing. first three I'm episodes. treating this like as one. Yeah, okay. that's right. I agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many stars, Ro? You you first. Out of how many? Ten. Ten. Out of ten? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, uh, nine point seven. Nine point seven. Shanti. Nine point five. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be weird for me. I am the lowest oh, no. of the three, and maybe it's because I I would not. I said I wouldn't do it again. I can't. <laughs> I can't, I just can't relate to this show. Uh, I'm gonna give this start. I know this number's going to go up, but I'm going to give it a six. Okay, to, that's fine. To, to start off with. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what my issues are as, as we go along. But All right, sounds okay. good. Sounds good. Um, so one of the things that I wrote down in my notes, and, and we'll we'll start right off the bat. Um, Polly over at Latino Slant was talking about certain, you know, um, Hispanic things that he picked up on. Uh, some anti-Latino things also that he picked up on. And obviously there was this whole controversy before the show came out about, you know, immigrants and, and, and that aspect of, of the show, which again, I, I'm not really seeing a lot of that. I'm not seeing any of it right now. Right now, to me, it's a really entertaining um, science fiction are, are show. Saying, are you saying X, like in, in real life external to the show that there's anti, or are you saying in, in the show there's anti latino I think, I think in the, I think what he was talking about is um, in the show, there are references to outside um, anti-Latino, um, you know, immigration. There was, or, so there, there was, there was that, but unlike other projects that we've talked about on the show, it wasn't like, in your face right and you know just shove it in your face and you know they it was i think it was subtle enough to get the point across um 
but you know the this is not a new thing for star wars though right. like you know it used to be now now they have imperials that are of other races sure. you know, but you know back when it came out between 77 and 83 the the empire was all white it was all, all white all, all white british guys right and that kind of carried on in, into the fiction of the 80s and 90s where they turned that into they they were just a very xenophobic organization right and they didn't like any alien you know species or anything like that so this is this has been a theme for a long time in star wars so but i think they did it right i think it was subtle yeah that that's that was my point i think um if there's any underlying tones of 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 that sort of thing in this show in particular i think it's it's being done on such a light level i think um I don't think we've scratched the surface too. I mean, you know, we're three episodes in, we're getting a lot of history, a lot of backstory for, for Andor and some of the characters and some of the situations. Um, there's a lot of world building in here. And I know a lot of people were like, I, you know, this is just doesn't feel like star Wars and we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but um, what, what do you guys think of the, I guess the, the, the one of the biggest things that people were kind of complaining about was the pacing. Um, Brad, you, you and I, we were texting, um immediately after that that the, you were watching i think you were in watching the second show and you had texted me and says something's got to happen or it's got to pick yeah. up but um what do you think of the pacing we'll we'll go around the table brad you, you uh yeah that, that was one of my that was one of my drivers for putting it down at a six right now um just based off the trailers and everything um i thought all the slow stuff was going to be maybe packed into the first episode and it was going to so first off how many episodes are there going to be total 12 12. Okay, so 12. All right, so it's got plenty of time to pick up. Um, but uh, I just thought it was pretty slow, um, as, especially compared to your normal Star Wars story. Um, I thought it was pretty slow. Um, I, I'm sure episodes four and five is probably going to pick up quite a bit. Um, but that I, I did feel it was slow, and that was one of my major um, issues with the show. Okay. Shanti, what about you? I had no issues with the pacing. Um, As someone who keeps saying that I can't stand these six episode arcs that they've been doing, like with Boba Fett and Kenobi, it they've made it, it feels rushed. Like they tried to pack it all into six episodes. So for me now that we've got 12, I like that they're now finally taking their time because it feels now like, okay, you actually finally have a story to tell. Cause even in the six episode arcs that we've gotten, there's been at least one episode that's been filler. So you know it's like they ran out of ideas or ran out of story for these other two shows. So for me, this, the fact that you were able to stretch it to 12 and you gave us so much backstory in those first two episodes and then led into the third one, I personally had no problem with the pacing. Especially since you were doing flashbacks, which they did much better than... Yeah, (laughs) I mean, the flashbacks were amazing and you got an idea of what the timeline was. So for me, I had no problem pacing, but I'm also someone who will throw up gone with the wind at a moment's notice and literally sit there for four hours and watch it. So for me, as long as it's keeping me entertained, I I really don't care if it it took two story, you know, two episodes to tell that story. So, you know, getting back to my original comment when I said that it was a great idea to keep this as a three-episode premiere, um, because we did get, we did get a nice, um, 
I guess, conclusion to both of those stories when it came to the flashbacks and when it came to the to the main story. Um, that last two minutes of the third episode was yeah. phenomenally emotional. You had, you know, the 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 child Andor getting, um, you know, picked up off of that ship and then, you know, brought to Marva's ship, and they're taking off. They're running away. You have the adult um, Cassian that's doing the same thing. They're both looking at the sunset. You uh, take a look at that last two minutes, and it is. I gotta say, it is in a way that star wars has has i want to dare has never been that's pretty damn artsy a lot of the shots are long brooding methodical they're they they seem to be planned out um and timed out so perfectly that it gives you the audience it gives you the opportunity to really dive deep into the meaning of the character moments there, you know, you have that character that's looking at all the destruction when Cassian and um, uh, what's his name uh, escape, you know, there's something going on with that character. And then, you know, those beautiful shots of them uh, speeding off on the speeder with uh, over what looks like rice patties in Vietnam. I mean, those are some beautiful, beautiful shots. Yeah. And uh, I agree with uh, Bravo in the, in the chat. Uh, he said, uh, if they'd only dropped one episode, probably not would have been would not have been received as well. Sure, uh, I think that's true. But the way, like like what you're saying, they really, you know, that was its own arc all by itself. Mm -hmm. Those three episodes, and um, I like the way they're doing the flashbacks. Like you said, I think you know every time they do a flashback, it's uh, germane to whatever's going on in the present. Mm -hmm. So uh, the way they're interweaving uh, those flashbacks into it. And uh, we've talked about this before. I think this gives, um, you know, a lot of good backstory. I thought that was one of the silliest lines in Rogue One, although, you know, we've talked about it, we love that movie. But when he says, I've been in this fight since I was six years old, um, although he doesn't look six in those, but whatever, I'm not going to nitpick that. Um, you know, I thought that was a pretty silly line, being in a fight since he was six years old. But now they're doing these flashbacks and it's all working out perfectly. So I think that is very well done. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we get, um, in rogue one, uh, you get a jolt with, uh, Cassian, um, killing that, uh, informant yeah. in cold blood. Um, mm -hmm. something similar happens at the top of this show. Um, and, uh, you get to see, you get to see him do the same thing. I think, um, there's a line that he says, um, which I think tells me a lot of his character at this point in time, you know, when, when he, um, when he deflects the attacks of these two, uh, police officers, these two cops, um, mm -hmm. one of them is on the ground and the other one, you know, realizes that he, the other guy is dead and he's freaking out and Cassian grabs the gun and points it to the other guy. And he says, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. What should I do? And he's got, he's got this like internal rage, you know, obviously he's, you can tell that he's, you know, he's searching for his sister, but he's got this internal angst mm -hmm. that um, I hope we start to unfold um, in the next, uh, you know, the subsequent episodes. Um, what do you think of, 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 uh, of Cassian at this point in time, character wise? He's still such a mystery to me, honestly. I mean, without getting more of the backstory of it, and especially why he's looking for the sister, I, that's the biggest puzzle for me right now. So, I, 
I mean, obviously seeing him uh, kill like that once again, kind of cold-blooded, he's clearly a, a badass, but it's amazing how he almost seems to have no issue with it. So I, I, I want to know what got him to that point where he just has like no problem, seems to have no guilty conscience about mm-hmm. conscience about it. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd have to disagree with a little bit like uh, on, I, I can't tell this is the first time he's killed uh, from this one. I, to me, it seems like it is the first time he's killed, but I could be completely wrong on that. But, you know, seeing his face on rogue one after he killed that guy, uh, the informant, like you can see, like each time he, he kills, it's like taking the life. It's sucking the life out of him as well like he's just so sick of doing it at that point sure. um but it, it's yeah it's definitely he's definitely still you know very mysterious and someone mentioned the different backstories that are growing around him i, I like that kind of a international man of mystery type thing um yeah. but I, I i like uh how the 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 kills are definitely eating at him i think yeah and you know the comment about him being in the fight since he was six years old i mean you know it it seems like you know even in the early um flashbacks he's alone it's just him and the other kids there's no adults for some reason Mm -hmm. um we will probably find out why um but you know that also could be part of the fight that he's talking about i think the fight might be a generic term where he has struggled in his life since he was six years old um because we do see him you know alone with his sister and the rest of these these children on this planet you know what are they doing what happened to everybody else um and we'll we'll get to that because later on there's a line um that uh that someone says regarding the uh the home planet of canary um which is interesting to me um but yeah you know um stephen kent uh, was on Twitter talking about how it's interesting that, you know, we were three episodes in, we saw, we see no Imperial, um, Imperial forces on, and any of these mm-hmm. planets, we don't see their presence. And I find that interesting because, you know, it, it is a big galaxy. And I think from what we know from the expanded universe, I don't think the, and, and Brad, please correct me if I'm wrong. The empire wasn't everywhere it needed the local authorities to kind of help them keep order. And we see a line in the original star Wars that, that I think it was Tarkin that says fear will keep these systems in line, fear of this battle station. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. And then seeing solo, you know, we've got the Imperials um, working kind of in cahoots with the underworld. So there's another, um, there's another collaboration between empire and, you know, and, um, and underworld criminal forces that um, I guess allows them not to, you know, I mean, to, to really be in control, but through a proxy. Yeah. And that was one, another one of my gray drivers down to six is just because I love seeing the empire in star Wars. Obviously. Sure. Um, that, that was, that was another one of my gray drivers. Um, it's nice to see, you know, the local boys as it were, you know, finally getting involved in, stuff that they should be involved in. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, unless there is a, um, the empire was most places, but unless the planet had certain strategic value, whether it be location or there would be certain resources, that sort of thing, they weren't on every single planet. Um, once they found out that they had something very valuable or it was a key 
uh, location for, you know, hyperspace routes or whatever, then they would take over the planet working with the local governments, you know, use that term lightly, they're, you know, still just take it over. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to see the empire, but sure. it is, it is more realistic, uh, them not being everywhere all the time. Yeah. I agreed with Andrew's, uh, previous comment that, I don't even think we should be taking these flashbacks as him being six years old. I had the same thought that I think six years old is probably when he lost his parents. And these kids have probably been fending for themselves for a lot longer than we think. I made a comment earlier in the fulcrum chat room. that's like Lord of the Flies, Star Wars edition. So who knows how long those kids have been fending for themselves. He's clearly not six. And I don't think we're supposed to. Hadn't even thought about that, but that goes back to what you were saying, Ro, as far as why there's just kids. So that, that mm-hmm. would make perfect sense. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, and you know, they, they talk about a mining accident and I think that's the empire. Oh, that was so great. I, I love the, I love the parallel in that line. Another mining accident. Exactly. We, yeah. uh, we lost Jetta to a mining accident mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, it, it's funny because, you know, back with uh, when we only had the original trilogy, we kind of had to fill in the gaps with a lot of uh, story elements. We're getting a lot more, um, I don't know, story um, that helps us definitively, you know, fill in some gaps uh, regarding the rise of, of the Empire within this time period. Obviously, we have the prequels and, you know, all roads lead to et cetera, et cetera. But um, to me, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think um, Tony Gilroy has really crafted a, um, a world here in, in, in this series that is very unlike anything we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And I want to touch on a comment that has been made on Twitter. Um, And um, Brad, I texted, I texted a screenshot to you regarding, um, Nick Nick Schaefer over at uh, Backyard Tardis, he I, I actually said that this is something that Star Wars needs in order for it to to evolve. It's there's it's a certain deliberate storytelling that is a little bit more adult. Um, I joke around and I say there's no cute green aliens with daddy issues, but this story really has um, an adult feel. It's a it's a it's a thriller. Um, besides the production design of everything that we've seen in, in Andor, which is amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. So getting back to my, my comment, you know, I, I, Brad, I told you that this is what star Wars needs to get, uh, to inject new life into it when it comes to new narratives, new storylines, new characters. Um, and not, you know, not only a new timeline, cause obviously we are kind of, um, you know, wedged in that OT timeline still. And I know a lot of people have a problem with it, but as long as the stories are well told and well crafted, I I can stay in this OT period forever. The galaxy is a big galaxy. What do you think about the comment? Um, And I know you had your issues with that. Yeah. Brad. So um, what uh, the, the comment, I believe you're talking about, uh, he said specifically, I want it to feel like uh, star Wars in the seventies. And, um, if they can't deliver that, then just make some new property. Um, so to that comment specifically, um, and that I was from back, back. Back yep, yeah, thank you. Nick. Um, so I think what they need to keep doing is putting out content for all age ranges. And there's no reason why they can't, 
keep putting out the stuff, keep putting out the, the, the cartoons for the kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, um, with that original feel to it. And um, because we want to keep having new viewers and we, you know, they can grow up again with, with star Wars, you know, as they're, as they grow up and become more mature, then you introduce them to more of the stories they are a little more adult and nature, but keep making the content for the kids, make the kids want to go to Disney world so they can get all their, their money there at, uh, you know, at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but also make these stories as well for those of us who have grown up with this, with this saga. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you, Ro. I can't go with the exact same formula every single time. Uh, I think the content has to grow up with the audience. Um, and, you know, I, I think his, I think his comment is completely valid. And part of me does agree with you, Nick. I, I think, um, I can, I can definitely see why you said that, but I think, you know, we're, we're not the same age as when we saw the original trilogy or when right, we saw the right. prequels or even the sequels. So I think the, um, the, the stories need to grow up with the audience and, uh, but you can still keep it in universe. I, you know, uh, there's some comments, um, some, I don't think they're inserting too. we've talked about this. I don't think they're inserting too many real world. Um, I, I would think something like, racism or xenophobia if you want to take it to the extreme would be universal concepts um and i don't think they're doing it in a you know i would call them out on it if if i thought they were but in this one i think it's completely you know suited for the story um i mean you're talking about the uh, the empire is an organization that would ransack a planet and make their the inhabitants go everywhere I mean, if you, you've been living on your, you know, people can't imagine sometimes moving out of their town mm-hmm. to the next town over. Uh, some people would be scared shitless to go to the next state over. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, now, now think about the immigrant process from, you know, one country to the next and what you have to go through for that. Now put it on a galactic scale. You've been on, you've been on earth all your life. And now this alien organization has taken over your planet and now you have to go to another planet. Um, so the, these are not just, um, earth, you know, real world issues. I think they're very much applicable in the star Wars universe. Um, so yeah, I do like what they're doing with the story and making it a little bit more serious this time. Shanti, what do you think? You know me, I have no problem with it. I'm not, <sighs> I know Andrew just wrote there, uh, that, you know, star Wars is a family product, but. I don't know if I actually really agree with that. You know, I mean, having watched the original trilogy with my younger nieces and stuff and things like that, you know, there are things in the original trilogy that I don't actually find that are for kids. You can even make the argument that there are things going on in the prequels that are not for kids. I I mean, honestly, it really, I don't find Star Wars really to be for one core target audience. I've always found the original trilogy to actually be very much in the dark side. So I have no problem with, with this show going a little bit more adult and it's not like there aren't, you know, other properties out there of star Wars that are for kids. I mean, to be quite honest, I find the bad batch to be very kiddie, which is why I can't seem to get into it. That's for the kids. I mean, as long as there is something for everybody sure, and you're not just trying to cater to the kids or just trying to cater to the adults, I'm okay. 
And I feel like there is a good enough balance with, with star Wars, uh, you know? So I, but at the same point, yeah, I do want the grittiness. I mean, I know I get it. We don't, we're not in the seventies anymore. So obviously things are going to look different, but I think this show is doing a good job of kind of replicating that grit. I mean, it does feel like I'm watching rogue one again. Absolutely. And, you know, having been uh, previously canceled on social media oh, that's right. for, for calling out woke bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be the first one in line. If, if I thought this one was littered with, with that woke shit, I would call them out in a heartbeat. Right. Um, sure. I, and I don't think it is. I think the, uh, the message is, is genuine and, and applicable. Yeah. Uh, to answer uh, Bravo's question. <laughs> um, it was a, it was an interview with Diego Luna that uh, obviously being of Mexican descent, he was talking about migration and people moving from one um, place to another. So that's that's where that came from. Um, you know, it, Star Wars is interesting because, uh, you know, it, it's been around for decades. And the people that love Star Wars when it first came out were kids. And now we're adults. So it's... Um, I, I, Brad, I, I like what you said about having them continue to do uh, Star Wars for all ages um obviously we've got the 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 kitty stuff and then we've got the more adult stuff this is definitely um obviously in the adult um aspect of things um because we want to draw them in you know i I think um yeah i you know i i do tend to believe that if star wars stayed um stagnant and did the same thing over and over and over again i think some of the older fans might just be i don't know if we'd be tired of it but yeah, like I, I don't we, think we would find the fascination in Star Wars as much right. as as we do. What was that? What was that sequel cartoon that they make that they made that you said you kind of I I don't remember what the hell the name of that show was. Oh, uh, um, uh, yeah, two seasons. <laughs> but, I don't remember. But, but yeah. there, there's there. Somebody liked it. Resistance. Um, Resistance. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, somebody liked it. Um, but you know, Disney Plus is now an infinite platform where they can put this material. So like my kids love, like when they put all those Lego specials mm-hmm. on there, those Lego specials are great. Uh, right. You know, sure. and that, that's one of those things where both adults and kids uh, can enjoy that stuff. So I think it, it also, everybody. I think it also makes a difference. Obviously if you have children for me, you know, I don't have kids. I'm 36, you know, on my own kind of thing. So for me, like, you know, I've never really watched any of those Star Wars Lego things because that's not the kind of actual animation that I want to see. And I know that that is definitely specifically geared towards kids. So I may not find it very entertaining. I'll probably think it's cute, but I know I'll finish watching it saying this this was just not for me. And that's fine. And that's totally fine. I'm glad that, again, I'm glad that there, I do feel like there is something for everybody in the star Wars universe. I want to put this uh, comment up from Josh. I needed to resonate with the child in me. Um, and I want to push back, go watch resistance. So I, I see, I think now we're getting to the point where if they try to do that, they're mm-hmm. where they're like almost crossing the streams. Like, I think they tried to do that with the sequel trilogy. Like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to say, well, with all of them, but with the last Jedi in particular, where they're, they're trying to make a, a serious movie, but they're making your mama jokes right. at the same time. So they were trying, they, I think they were trying to do that. And I think, I don't know if that's a lost art now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe George Lucas just hit a, 
bit of genius uh, with that. He was able to do that. But I think now I'm not sure if they're if they can do that. I'm not sure if they can make a, a story that's adult enough for the major audience mm-hmm. while tapping into you know your your inner child. I don't think they can do it anymore. So I'm okay with them making different projects within Star Wars that are geared right. towards you know whatever age One level or however you want to feel. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and you know, going back to the pacing, I think my problem with the uh, <laughs> go go, <laughs> he's not going far. He ain't going far. Um, you know, my problem with the pacing, you know, talking about you know, different audiences, is, is I'm just not used to that for Star Wars. Right. Had it been just a, another show that mm-hmm. I was just watching, you know, um, for the first time, I think pacing would have been fine. I'm just putting that in comparison to normal. Star Wars stories. I just wasn't right. used to that for Star Wars. Yeah. If I was just I watching it as as a new Netflix show, it, it would have been fine as far as the story goes. Yes. Um I want to get into a little bit this this is going to be there are some seeds. You know, we talk about um really we haven't seen any like real world um politics or real world scenarios that are uh, embedded into this star wars story Mm -hmm. um but let me remind everyone that you know i feel that good science fiction is always an allegory to what's happening in the real world um it's if if it's done well obviously nothing that is shoved down your throat but really good science fiction does make you go hmm um, there are seeds that I see in the first three episodes of Andor that I think they're going to tease out. Um, and obviously one of them is getting back to the whole migration thing is the colonialism of the Imperial forces mm-hmm. and the, uh, taking advantage of, um, lesser systems, lesser powers to exploit them for their resources, mm-hmm. uh, making those people, migrate or move to another planet or spread out um you obviously have uh you know real world examples of that um you also have a little bit of the seeds that are starting to be being implanted with um the uh the corporate police officer linus mosk when he tells um the <laughs> other guy um that you need a strong hand with these affiliated planets and he starts talking about um the fact that he they need to crush the pockets of fomentation and the it, it's it almost seems like he is uh wanting to be a fan of the empire he is wanting to to i think his the brainwashing aspect of loving the totalitarian regime is starting to to embed itself in this story. So he's, I think he's the seed. Um, what do you guys think of that? I thought that was the only part that it may have been a little bit heavy handed. Um, cause you know, somebody mentioned the word Trumpian in the chat. Uh, that was, you know, you could kind of get those vibes sure. from that conversation. So that may have been the only one that was a little bit heavy handed as far as translating that. Um, but no, I, you know, it, it made sense. But I also loved, you know, in like the same conversations, they're talking about the empire bringing order, you know, really to, to these systems and, you know, putting down these pockets. But at the same time, they're showing how corrupt they are. You know, they're talking about how, you know, these guys died in an unfortunate accident. Right. Brush it um, on the table. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're drinking on the job. 
Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're you know taking bribes and and handouts and stuff they're, like that. They're at and, brothels that they shouldn't be right. able to afford. <laughs> so so they want the empire to come to to bring order, but they're corrupt as hell. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty well done there. You know, and there's a line really too that he says. He says the best way to keep the blade sharp is to mm-hmm. use it. That is um, that is pretty heavy handed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew with the science fictionary uh, and radio court. Oh, he's got a little combo name over here. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I and yes, I understand the Star Wars isn't really science fiction. I was just trying to make a point. Um, <laughs> so there. <laughs> what else here? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so. What what'd you guys think of the uh, second episode? We learn obviously that um, Cassian is getting uh, discovered. Yep. He is um, Canary, and mm-hmm. I think uh, you know we're you know getting 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 a little history of it. You know, early on when they announced this uh, show, and we started to see a little bit of some production behind the scenes stuff. There was an aerial shot of the town that was built um obviously you know the mandalorian they just shot everything on the volume and everything was just right there but i was so happy to see the production uh, being built out as an entire city that um that this show was going to be shot on and you can tell there's a shitload of of extras there's tons of of characters walking back and forth it's not tatooine it's not ghosted ghosted tatooine (sighs) Um, five I was, people in town. I loved I it. That was the thought I had. I was like, "Oh god!" Five people in five vespers. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. But you know and what? Yes, was... Amanda's got some great comments in the chat room. I'm just like, so I agree. Tim, Tim was a was a dick. Screw that guy. Yeah, screw uh, Tim. And uh, she also had a comment uh, a little couple minutes ago. Uh, another one of my six drivers. Uh, I want some Mon Mothma in my life as well. Oh, yeah. I'm going yeah, yeah. out to sea in a week and I didn't get any Mon Mothma <laughs> before I go out to sea. So I think they could have done maybe the, well, I, I think once the, once we watch the 12 episodes together, I think it would be a nice pace, a nice story. Um, but uh, <laughs> screw, <laughs> screw Tim, screw Tim. Um, I think they could have done maybe some of the, the galactic level stuff at the same time as they're talking about the local level. That's just me being selfish. I just want to see the Empire, and I want sure. to see Mon Mothma doing her thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's too funny. Yeah. Tim's an ass. Tim, Tim is an ass. But, you know, the, this show was announced back in 2017. Are you serious? Yeah, 2017. Wow. And, obviously, they had to wait uh, until after 2019 for Diego Luna to finish uh, the Narcos series. But in the interim, which I find this to be an amazing thing, because if they did this for Andor, why the hell did they not do it for the rest of the shows? They, um, because they had time, they, um, I think it was Tony Guru and his brother, they developed a pilot script and they also developed a series Bible which um, basically is a pre-production and planning of all the elements, all the world building that needs to be done. And um, it's basically kind of like the, the structured formula of, 
of this series going forward before they, you know, shot one thing. I mean, that seems like there's a lot of planning going on there. What happened to planning uh, in, in, in the other star Wars? Hey, I got a question for you. Remember many, many years ago where George Lucas said that he wanted to do a live action show. Yeah. First, do you, do you think that this show would be along the lines of what George would have done with that? Or do you, you think it would have been too serious for that? No, I, I think, um, you know, he was doing experimentation with technology, and I think um, the Young Indiana Jones series was the the young in, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles was the test ground, and I think that was the test ground more so for the prequels because it was before the prequels. So that was the test ground for that. Um, he obviously wanted to create cinematic looking projects without having to spend so much money um, to be able to do it on the small screen. Um, as far as tone, um, it, it might be too, it might be too serious. You know, one of the things that I read was that Andor was supposed to be five um, seasons, but they scale it down because they said there's no way that we can maintain the complexity and and the expense of creating the show that looks like Andor does now right. for five seasons, um, and and that's why they just cut it down to two. Disney suddenly has a budget. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> They, they got investors. I, you know, I, I, I understand. I, I get it. Um, but you know, the, as the technology grows, um, obviously each season of the Mandalorian looks a little better than the previous, you know, one, one was, was great. We had, uh, it was kind of like the shiny new thing on the block. Uh, two looked really great. And obviously two episodes of the book of Boba Fett were like, Whoa, what's going on here? So th mm -hmm. those were great. Um, so yeah, you know, looking forward to season three of Mando to see what else we get, but Andor certainly looks a hell of a lot different than any other star Wars that we've gotten. And I might want to say, including some of the films. Yeah. That's actually and, probably what brought it down to a 9.5 for me a little bit because it's down like, to a 9.5. I know sh <laughs> that half <laughs> <laughs> and the blue noodles. Um, yeah. <laughs> that threw me off um my thing is now oh okay the brothel so mm. one of the first things yeah i know only i would bring up the brothel there should have been more brotheling in that brothel for sure yes exactly no one of the first thoughts that i had when he walked in and started talking to whoever she is i guess the madam there or whatever it I get it. We're in different planets. So I get we're used to a very specific look in Star Wars. But one of the first things I felt was like, this looks like something out of Star Trek. This doesn't look, this part doesn't look like Star Wars. That's like no. one of the few things. Like, Roe wanted more Star Trek in the Star Wars. He said that on the 10th <laughs> yes. thing I heard about the Star Wars. Or like other talking, people are you been saying about like the Blade hallway? Runner. Yeah. No, are you just talking the about look the look of it. The actual restaurant or the or the red light district area with the little bubble? No, no. The, the actual inside of the brothel, the bar area, the, the okay. woman that he speaks to, who's the bartender there when he first walks in. Like, all of that, it almost, again, the aliens look, there's something very specific about the way the alien characters look in Star Wars. And those looked almost more sci-fi than it did fantasy. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, the bar was empty. It was a slow night. I know that. Thanks. <laughs> Just... Does that have to do with anything? 
Did you want to see more ass or something? What the, I don't know. No, that's not what I'm saying. For once, I'm not being gross. For once, no. I don't want to see. You know, for the for the record, if they kept the story good, I would so watch five seasons of of Andor. Like they set this five years before Yavin, which would have been five years before Rogue One. Um, if they could, I mean, this dude's a a spy and a, and a saboteur and an assassin. He's he's <laughs> he's all those things. I would watch five seasons of that. Yeah, there's so many different stories with, you can with K2SO. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that. All right. Before we get uh further, I want to make two announcements. The first one, if everyone is watching in the chat here on Saturday. Um actually I think it's 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 up. So we have a whoops. We have a T public sale that is going on right now. And tomorrow, uh, the rest of the weekend, if you guys uh, go and make some selections and purchase some Scarif uh, T-shirts, and not only Scarif, we got other friends of the Red 5 Network. We've got other Red 5 pods on there. Um, check out the the link. And I pinned Get the your link. Red 5 Tavern shirt. Absolutely. I pinned the link to the chat, the top of the chat. So uh, use that link. So put in uh, Save the Dream um as uh you're exiting your your checkout code and save uh 30 on all your merch so head on over there use the link uh today and tomorrow for 30 percent off so i'll put it up uh, yet that's nice it's nice very nice so um that's the first announcement save the dream t public sale go get some red five network merch and um use that link that's in the chat and then the other announcement is the hold on a second let's put this back over here um andrew made us re, made me remind folks that uh we are um, <laughs> you. well the red Jeez. five network parsec awards parsec. is coming up soon please um check out go follow parsec awards on on uh, twitter twitter and make sure that you uh nominate some awesome um this year's you know uh, you know everything from video games to tv series there's a lot of stuff to to check out um check out the video and i know um andrew has the parsec award account with this video if you need to uh jot some notes and make sure that uh that your qualifying nominees um are um available so Check out the Parsec Awards. Last year we had vote Brad, vote, vote Brad for everything. <laughs> exactly. I've never won anything in my life. Vote Aww. for me. Aww. Give me my Fletzy Award. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the chat later tonight. And we're also going to talk about Bix's boobs. Tina requested it. Yeah. Ha okay. You can use uh, hashtag Save the Dream or hashtag Bix's boobs. She did not beat Garza though. She did not. No one beats Garza. That's right. Per the Scarif After Dark poll, <laughs> Garza had the oh. best reveal. <laughs> so, um, was it I'll the second? That was it. The second Jesus. episode. Um, getting back to the discussion here. Um, the crash. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Here you interrupt. Sorry. Go ahead. Interrupting boobs. Continue. So, um, the uh, crashed ship. Do you recognize that logo? 
the crash ship on uh, Canary when the kids went to go explore the ship. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't recognize. No, I didn't notice yeah. the logo. On the shoulders. I was honestly mm-hmm. working and watching and listening all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Those were um, separatists. And it's interesting because the it, it does seem like the Empire at this point are methodically eradicating um, all opposing forces, whether it's separatists, um, other systems, uh, Jedi, obviously, we know that. And, well, uh, yeah, and, and don't forget, they consolidated a lot of, I mean, because obviously Palpatine was playing both sides and controlling right. both sides. And, you know, a lot of the, the separatists were already working on the Death Star project before mm-hmm. the Empire took over. So they kind of just swallowed them up. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> All right, so we're going to, we're going to have a, we're going to, we're gonna have a debate here between Garza and Bix's boobs. I like. I don't know. We can we, if we can get them. It's on the not screen. about the boobs. It was well, about no, who it, had oh, the, the reveal? best reveal. Oh. Well, not not in Bravo's. Bravo says Garza boobs greater than Bix's boobs. And mm. Ro, you can keep your Garza. Okay, thank you. Ages. I'll take Bix. <laughs> it's that's fair. Fair is fair. Well, it's be able to anyway, say so that works out. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get? Derailed? You can't say anything in front of me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> we were talking about Bix's boobs, I guess. See. Oh, real fast. How do you guys feel yeah, about? Usually, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel about real world? Um... Okay, let's let's talk oh, about the Jesus. let's talk about the elephant shit in the room. Who cares? Um, are you going to get real serious? Because we were in a good place just a second ago. <laughs> All right, look. I'm a visual person, okay? So for me, I, I told you guys on Twitter, that didn't even register, honestly. I didn't even notice that he said the word shit. It didn't bother me, and maybe because I Wait, was... Who said shit? You see? Look, not even Brad picked up. Who's the Scottish shit? one of the, the Scottish last... characters? Yeah. He's not Scottish. Yes, the actor he is. is Scottish. The actor is well, Scottish. you know what I mean. The actor is Scottish. Sorry. Um, Corporal Linus Mosk, when he was uh, he on shit. the rooftop, and that little ship crashed because um, Cassian's friend sabotaged it, uh-huh. and he, you know he's he's trying to get uh, Cassian, or he's trying to, you know, they're trying to find Cassian. So he's on the rooftop waiting for Cassian to come out. Explosions are going everywhere, and he thinks they're getting bombarded, and he. He looks around and he goes, shit, we're getting, you know, we're getting attacked or something. I thought, I thought I heard that, but I wasn't sure. But yeah. Yeah, I'd rather them do that than some stupid ass made up Star Wars bad word like they used to use. But you know what, though? Okay, I'm going to, I texted somebody that, um, that really wasn't into that. And they, I, tongue in cheek, I asked the question, do you think that Star Wars broke canon by, adding the word shit when they already have their made up words like those dank are so ferric, stupid dank ferric and I, those are dumb what, what was that's the other the one thing, like that they that used to say by the wanna, emperor's bones that makes me want to giggle and this is not a show where i want to be doing any giggling because that's a good point that's a good you know point. what i mean and not only that but like i said i'm a visual person so for me the things that took me out of the episode, like I said, were the guy eating the blue out of a... Uh, yeah, no, like that makes me laugh. That just yeah, that sounds that silly and stupid. But the guy eating noodles out of a Chinese takeout box, like that took me out of it. And believe it or not, 
the guys doing the welding or whatever, their uniforms look like construction worker uniforms that you would see here on earth. So like those are the things that take Sounds me like out you're of down it to a 9.4, 9.3. That's it. Those are my three bugaboos. That's it. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Yeah, I um when the last Jedi came out, one of the one of the things that caught my eye when it came when it comes to the language, the real world language of Star Wars was cops. And cops obviously coppers police you know it, it just threw me off and they do say cops in yeah. in the brothel here but they also throw in because they are corporate police they throw in corpos and they call them corpos and i think they should have left corpos and then just eliminated cops i i get your points i get both of your points um I wouldn't have been as excited to hear Poodoo. I would have giggled too instead of shit. Yeah. Um, right. But I think for I me, know. it's for me, it's kind of like um, it's an interesting fine line. I I, I I'm fascinated. I don't know. Han says, "I'll see you in hell." And Empire Strikes Back yeah. he says he says right. in a new and hope. It, and he it, says it, in it a didn't new hope. Me. I'm not in it for your revolution, man. Like that's like the most seventies thing that you could right. say in a movie. But the revolution, so, the revolution could apply to any, any It's him saying, man, I'm not in it for your revolution, man. Like that terminology, man was being heavily used. You hear it. I hear it in, in plenty of seventies movies. That right. to me is seventies. The jargon. only reason they, the only reason they made up, words back in the 90s is because del rey wouldn't put it in their books del rey wouldn't put shit in their books so they had to put stupid crap in there they literally speak 99.99 percent of the rest of the english language so why can't they use our our, exactly. our curse words as well and again that's, that's it's dumb. one word they didn't say fuck they didn't say something that was like so obscene you know so and it was used once i really don't think it's something to get so bent out of shape, bent out of shape. And again, this has been marketed in my opinion towards adults. I have never from the beginning felt like this is something that a five-year-old should be watching anyway. So if they use the one word of shit and you got a 13 year old watching this, that's fine. Who cares? They say worse at school <laughs> most <Sure>. likely. So <clears throat> what do you say to folks like Andrew that want to keep star Wars as family entertainment? And I know I had this conversation with, uh, with cam on Twitter. Um, I mentioned to him that the star Trek fans are having a, a big doodad mm -hmm. with, um, with F bombs being dropped in, in some of the new star Trek shows. You see, I they think can no that longer word... watch it with their families. See, I think, that actually does cross the line, and especially because I know Star Trek and Star Wars have never been marketed that way. But I think that there are certain words, unfortunately, and the F word is definitely one of those that I actually would not want to hear in Star Wars or Star Trek. So I can see why people would get bent out of shape for that mm. one. Yeah. But the one word, one use of the word shit. Now we have nine more episodes to go. I'd be curious now, or I want to see now, are, are they going to repeat it again? If this is the one instance in the entire series, I'll let it slide. If I hear it a little bit more, then I would say maybe that's a bit of overuse. Mm -hmm. um, Megan's got a qu question. Why can't, why can Pixar use curse words like damned and crap, but Star Wars can't? Well, damned and crap. Crap is, 
crap is a derivative shit. yeah yeah I mean, crap is a derivative damn is just a it's not anything special you can be damned in the galaxy far far away and here like i wouldn't want to hear um, the word asshole uttered in star wars right. you know yeah. what i mean it's a little different um i think it really does depend on the word and the way it's being used i guess the i don't know sure i don't know um, chewbacca went and then Han was like he said you're a real asshole I think that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> and you know R2 is cursing. Oh, yeah. Like R2 crazy. is the entire, He's the the entire filthiest time. mouth in the entire galaxy. They have to bleep him every three seconds. Exactly, you see? So. Fear will keep the local hey, systems so in line. If this, if, this is, if this is what we're arguing about, when I say we, I mean the Twitterverse or whoever, mm -hmm. if that's yeah. what we're arguing about, I think maybe that's some progress. That's... <laughs> Those are stupid little, those you know are stupid, what? I gotta tell you. Those are stupid little arguments. So we can have those. I have Absolutely. to ask you guys because I, we've had this discussion, row in the Red Five chat. You know that you guys do see a lot of the the Discord and you know the fighting and stuff like that between the two different camps, the super shills, and then you know the fandom menace. Okay, uh, so. You don't I have said, to call Brad out like that. You don't have to call I Brad said, out like I that. I said that I don't really see that because a lot of it has to do with the algorithm of social media, what you read, what you post, what you click on, whatever. So I get a lot of puppy videos and bullshit like that, okay? So have you really seen a lot of fighting on social media with these three episodes having dropped? Because I got to tell you, I really haven't seen it. I think it's been pretty calm in comparison to kenobi and book of boba calm. fett yeah it definitely has been uh calm i don't see any major disgruntled accounts um saying well maybe one or two uh disgruntled but not to saying, the level that we've seen it with the more established characters and right. i think that's why disney should probably stick to creating their own characters for star wars sure I don't. Yeah. I, I haven't been on Twitter that much in the in the last few days, but when I was on there to check in, I didn't see much of any talk on Andor, right. which I don't know if that's good or bad. But I didn't see. I, I've I, been I, seeing I, positive I, stuff, honestly. Well, it's interesting because I know a lot of people um, went into Andor um, cautiously optimistic. I have a group of friends that have been kind of silent and i just texted them the other day i said you guys are pretty quiet um and we're already a couple days out from releasing three episodes of andor and they one of them says that i haven't seen it yet and i'm like what um and you know you, you get into this argument too of andor didn't do anything for me in rogue one mm -hmm. um I really, you know, it did, I didn't ask for Andor the series. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, those arguments kind of are tiresome and bothersome. I mean, do you whatever. ask for any of these other things that come exactly. out and you want to exactly. So it's like, right. I, I hate, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I'll, it's interesting. I'll take this, I'll take this over solo. <laughs> well, didn't ask for solo, still not asking for solo. <laughs> and I'm still okay if they don't make it solo too. Also, as well. I don't. Yeah, I'm completely indifferent towards that movie. You know, I just yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just things that bother me about Solo the um, the casting choice yeah. and um, L7. Mm. 
she was pretty woke, but I thought she was pretty funny at the same time. Yeah. But now, now the whole uh, human robot love thing that was just awkward. It was just yeah. Knowing where all her buttons were, that was just. <laughs> although I, I, that was that was weird. Although I do have a favorite toaster, but that's oh neither boy. here, neither here nor there. there. <laughs> oh god. All right. Didn't we, so, we had a couple more discussion points from Twitter, didn't we? Um, real fast, somebody in the last episode, when one of the corpos gets hurt in the background, and it's really cool if you hear it in the headphones, in the background, somebody yells out, Bacta! <laughs> I heard about that! It's <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to read a couple of uh, Twitter comments. Uh, no Zoop for You account says, caught the first episode of Andor, really digging it, different vibe, better character building and acting than most every other Disney era Star Wars. There was, this was well planned out. Absolutely, we said that. Um, definitely well planned out. Um, same account, no zoop for you. Just watched episode three of Andor. Going to make a bold statement, but that was the best thing Disney has put out since Rogue One, Mandalorian included. Quality acting, directing, cinematography, writing, all of it. Okay. I don't want to jump uh, the gun because we're not done with the whole season. Right. But I definitely actually do like it slightly, maybe a little bit more than Mando. Because there are still parts of Mando I, that can be a little goofy. I definitely like it more than Mando. Um, yeah. I, I think they are overdoing it with Grogu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. You see I... how many bumper stickers are out there with with Grogu? They're not gonna. Yeah. They're that not gonna get off the Grogu. Grogu feels like train. such a marketing tool for yeah, Disney, and sure, I think that's sure. why I have a problem with it. Um. Okay, here's an here's here's one that I sent um, to Brad, and I think we're gonna. Is this is it the blue milk one? Yeah, blue milk. Yeah, I'm reading this one. I'm still trying to make sense of it. Andor is like a cheap HBO Max knockoff of Star Wars that tries to be edgy and mature and fails to capture the kid-like innocence of the franchise. And when I sent this to you, Brad, you sent um, me another. You sent me another one from Blue Milk. Well, when I sent this one to you, I said this was this is an an extreme version of Nick's um oh yeah, do, comment. Do this. Yeah. this was an extreme version of Nick's comment regarding wanting to keep Star Wars the same and innocent and childlike, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I think the reason why people keep saying that is and I, I hope this doesn't sound rude, but just because you saw Star Wars as a child doesn't mean that it was actually meant for children and meant to be childlike. And I think that that's where the problem here might be with this show being too adult is because I myself watched the original trilogy as, as a very young kid on TV. So of course, when I watch the original trilogy, yeah, I agree. It does take me to that childlike state again, but that's only because I watched it as a kid. I still don't think this was necessarily geared to one target audience because again everybody went to go see it so mm -hmm. i i think that might be actually the issue with coping with the fact that this is a little bit more mature and more adult because we all watch this we all watch this as kids so psychologically yeah. it just takes us there 
Um, so backyard Tardis um, says, honestly, I get what you're saying. And this is, he's responding to something I, I uh, texted him regarding um, the fact that I, I feel that this is a step towards the future of star Wars storytelling and how different it is. Mm -hmm. And he says, honestly, I get what you're saying, Ro, but I don't want star Wars to evolve. I want it to feel like star Wars in the seventies. And if they can't deliver that, then just make some new property. And I think Brad, you, you had kind of paraphrased that. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm th this I feel one like from... you can make it feel that way still, but still be able to evolve. Is it the look that you're talking about? Because to me, so much of what makes Star Wars is, is the look and the sound of it, maybe not necessarily the story. So I still feel like you can have the story evolved, but still keep that that look. So Anakin, that... Anakin killed a village of, of sand people. He killed a, a room full of children. He choked out his pregnant wife with the force. What is childlike about the, that? Where's the kid stuff there? Yeah. Thank you. Ep I mean, episode one is the only, and, and you know, George said this episode one is the only one that's kid like of the three because that's what he they wanted cut off to do. Django's head. He used freaking to Yeah, there's nothing. So I don't know where this is. Because we watched this stuff as a as kid. Kids. Right. And, you know, nostalgia, rose colored glasses, uh, the inspiration that spearheaded our journey. Yeah. To a galaxy far, far away. I mean, it's all there. It's all present. Re Return Return yeah, of the Jedi of was Return of the Jedi was pretty kid-like. You know, it had the Ewoks and stuff like that. Right. But Empire Strikes Back was a very adult movie. There's a kid, a kid can't make it 10 minutes through Empire Strikes Back. You know, that's a kid can't relate to Empire Strikes Back. I mean, so I remember watching as a kid and being somewhat kind of scared watching empire strikes back especially when luke is doing his walk and yeah sees vader i mean it's yeah you really think is, about it it's an intense i mean heavy. empire is heavy it's pretty heavy all right so this 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 comment from from blue milk and cookies uh, to you guys tell me uh, tell me what this means and Ro, maybe you can put this one into context modern society's backwards approach to quote humanizing a story is ridding the idealism and innocence of the original IP. Andor is the perfect example of such a misdirection of what Star Wars represents. Read that top one again. Read it again. Read it again. Can I read it again? Modern society's backwards approach to humanizing a story is ridding the ideal, the okay. idealism and innocence of the original IP. Andor is the perfect example of such a total misdirection of what star wars represents and i think that was the it, quote actually that was a little more harsher than that's, what that's what, i think that's yeah yeah what um backyard tardis says um so, i think i think blue milk cafe is talking about um bringing that was, the grit that was, blue, that was blue milk and cookies not blue milk cafe oh yeah blue milk and cookies sorry jeff yeah, right um yeah i think he's talking about the you know, originally George Lucas, you know, we all know why he did it. Uh, fables, fairy tales, hope for youngsters, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what he's talking about is that he does not agree with um, um, bringing so much realism into Star Wars. The grit, the the 
I guess the the adult themes and 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 that sort of thing that kind of dilutes the innocence of what Star Wars originally represented. And obviously, my my deal is that I disagree with that because I think Star Wars needs to evolve. And I think this, you know, the 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 sequel trilogy was an attempt to have Star Wars evolve. It did not work. Right. If they went with Andor, if they did Andor as part of a sequel trilogy, it is it is so different that I feel, based on everyone's comments so far on Twitter and in the chat and with people that like it, I think it would have worked a hell of a lot better. Um, so I would have to disagree with 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 his comment. And I know, um, you know, I. I I know people want Star Wars to kind of like stay in that sweet spot, but I, I think it's got to change sometimes. It's got to change even, a little bit. You got to face the fact that you're not going to be able. I just don't think you're going to be able to recapture that magic. There's a reason why lightning doesn't strike twice when it comes to TV and movies. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. Oh, thank you for this. Sorry, Sean. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. It's no. this. I, I've been thinking about as you were talking, Ro, and uh, you know, JT's saying something here. I don't know, uh, unless you guys get Ro, you probably have, maybe have a quote in your head. If Star Wars, okay, so let's first take a look at the name of the movie. It, it's it's about war. Oh, it, it's it's about war. All right, so this is a, this is a galactic wide war. Okay, mm -hmm. so not normally a, a kid's topic. Yeah. I don't know if Star Wars was ever supposed to be for kids. Now, because of George Lucas's directing and his writing, right? Right. Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher talked about so many times. It ended up being relatable uh, or, you know, kids, kids could relate to it uh, and they enjoyed it. I don't think George personally ever intended that i think he wanted a serious as he called it space drama or space space opera i think maybe the words he used and i think he wanted to be serious it just it came off right it's like because of because of george's influence mm -hmm. i think if you had another if you had you know francis ford coppola directing the first star wars it's a completely different story sure. you know it's you know uh it would have been very serious and uh, maybe would have had the appeal to kids, but I think that's what it, what George intended. And then I think when empire came along, we finally, because George didn't direct it, Irvin Kirshner did. Yep. We finally got to what George was going for in the beginning. So right. this whole, this whole argument about star Wars is for kids. I think is completely misguided. I don't think it was ever supposed to be. That's just, that's George Lucas. That's that is the limitations of his directing and his writing ability that it comes off childlike. You know, he makes characters like Jar Jar Binks that come off childlike. But this is a about war. Mm -hmm. This is about death. This is about loss. Mm -hmm. These are all adult themes. And so, yes, uh, like Shanti said, we all loved it as kids. Um, but it it was never. I don't think in my mind, ever intended to be a kid's movie. Right. Sure. And I think well, now so. we're finally getting getting the original intention of that. Yeah, it had some universal themes in it that kids mm -hmm. can relate to, 
but I think it was it was supposed to come off. You know, you had you had classically trained actors like Alec Guinness in this. Like in Alec Guinness, uh, you know, he wouldn't sign up for a kids movie. Right. He, you know, he he had decades of of serious movies and plays that he had been in by that point. And even if you look at the you know interviews that Alec Guinness, you know, he's like, I read the script and I thought it was kind of goofy right. but you know i couldn't help myself i kept turning the pages and that's why i signed on for it um you know so i don't you know alec guinness doesn't sign up for a kid's movie nor does harrison ford yeah harrison ford's not going to sign up for you know mark hamill cushing yeah peter cushing yes thank you they, you know you, these are actors that are not signing up for a kid's movie now you have mark hamill who was a nobody at that time who would have signed up for anything right. um you know so i I think the whole conversation is misguided. I don't think it was ever supposed to be for kids. We just all happen to enjoy it. Well, and, and we, and we all happen to be kids. Right. Yeah. 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 So, mm -hmm. so there, so there, um, Great points, yeah. everybody in the chat. Thank you, Melanie. Look, you had burning, yeah, no. burning aunt and uncle. Like that was, I was. Thank terrified. you. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you like the graphics sucked in the first in the first movie, but you had these burning Obi skeletons that you could see clear as day. Yeah. You see blood splattered on the floor. I'm sorry. Like, I don't. I don't. Just because it was filmed in the 70s and the 80s, and we wa and you know, for my generation that we watched it, you know, a decade or so later. Okay, fine. I I can see where it seems more childlike because now at that point technology had already evolved so much and we were looking at, you know, to see something now from the seventies, you know, it might look silly, but I think for that time period, I mean, I think that that would have been something that's a, you know, pretty heavy to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like someone, uh, someone pointed Melanie, I think, uh, or no, uh, Amanda, you know, Leia's tortured by her father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, and it's worse in the radio dramatization. It's longer and more brutal. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's as kid like as yeah people want to make it. I mean, yeah, don't seem. don't confuse George Lucas's ability shortcomings. <laughs> his, yes, his, his shortcomings with the with the intention of the movie. Right. Uh, I mean, you you blew up. He, in the end, the, the good guys won, and they won by blowing up an entire battle station full of a couple million people. So, And remember the makeup, too. I mean, my my niece, when I sh my youngest, when I showed her, I think, Empire it was or whatever, she was, she was a little scared of the Emperor, honestly, because mm, he sure. looks creepy. And I even remember kind of. You know, I mean, I still watched, but I still kind of remember feeling it's not like, oh, my God, this guy is so creepy looking, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Um, I don't uh, anything else you guys want to cover um, on and or the first. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about one more thing that that drove my score down, and that's the music or lack thereof. Oh, mm. dude, no way, no, man. I can, I can, no, it needs so, more. It needs more music. Now, somebody in the in the chat, maybe a couple of people in the chat said they they like the music or they love the music. Like yeah, I, I no, don't care for it. 
There's yeah, not enough. It's... There's not. There's so many. Again, watch a Star Wars movie. Now take away the music in it, and it's a completely different. Oh, I agree. With you know, that. so there are so many parts, and this is again why, to me, it doesn't feel very Star Wars like. There are so many times in the show where there is no music at all. And so it has a different feel to me that you don't have, uh, you know, John Williams. Sure. Or, right, right, right. Uh, right, or, right, right. You, so, you know, that that's a great driver for me is the music. Let me explain it to you, Brad. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I can't relate. You can't relate. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, so... Wait, can you explain it to me? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Say chorizo. Can... <laughs> chorizo. Let me, chorizo. Let me explain it. Let me explain it to you, white boy. You, yeah, explain it to me, please. <laughs> explain it. So my theory is, and I was reading a couple of interviews with Nicholas Bertel, which I feel that his music, his addition to the Star Wars canon in Andor, with his music interpretation, is impeccable. It's 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 different, um, and it's different the same way that uh, Gorenson's uh, Mandalorian music is. It's very tribal. Um, we get the pinnacle of composers um, in the body of work that John Williams has given us for the original trilogy and the main Star Wars stories that we all know and love. It's it's up there. I, I, I know where you're coming from. But this story takes place so far off from that grouping. It takes place in the outer rim and the mid rim. You got Canary, whatever. It's it's a story about the rise of the rebellion and this one character. Um, so I feel like a John Williams score would be too epic for for this for the beginning of this story. And maybe that musical change later on when we obviously we start to see the uh, the the Empire. We go to you, we go back to Coruscant. We see Mon Mothma. We see the Senate. We see the Imperial Senate. So maybe at the end of this series, Brad, you and I can talk and we can come back to Scarif Live and see. If your um, ideas have changed, so first off, as far as so locations, to respond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I'm just going to go old-fashioned mansplain it to you. Uh, oh my god! So, um, as far as locations go, in the original in all the, the the movies, there were there was different music for different locales. Like Naboo had its own music, Endor had its own music, Tatooine had its own music, but they're all made by you know, John Williams. And now this is a dark, this is a more serious, this is a darker show, but now think about scores like uh, Padme's ruminations in episode two or Anakin's betrayal in episode three and put some of those darker scores in this show. And I think it comes off really awesome. Like when, like when he killed the, when he killed those two corpos, mm -hmm. uh, if you had put, if you had put some darker music, Williams like music in there, I think it works really well. Okay. So that, that was the music or, and the music and slash lack thereof was a major gray driver for me. I didn't have a problem with it. That's because I couldn't understand it. That's, you couldn't relate. I, I could only understand the music, so and I didn't have any music. Yeah. It was in Spanish. 
It was the music was in Spanish, and I couldn't relate. Those were bongos or something. I didn't know. Oh my god! Uh, you didn't see Ricky Ricardo in the background. Yeah, <laughs> playing the quattro. Well, we got yeah. nine again. We got nine more episodes to go, so let's see. If yeah, so let's you know up jam. You know, um, I want to challenge everybody because we were um, there was some talk about this um, early on, and I know Tina and I discussed this uh, on Twitter. Um, but I want to I want to have people go back to the last two minutes of the last episode, the episode three entitled "That Would Be Me." Um, this is where the stories come together. This is where the flashback of young Cassian and the present story of of Cassian come together in a way that I, I, again, I mentioned it at the top of the show. It is such a brilliant way for these two characters. I mean, it's the same characters, but they're um, at different points in their lives that they converge. Even my son caught that. He was like flabbergasted. I was so happy that he noticed that um, the two uh, storytelling methods coming together at this one point. And um, that being obviously the end of the three episodes, but we'll, you know, you can see that the two characters at this point, they're, um, they're looking out onto the horizon. They're looking into their future and um, we get to go along for that ride. And I think um, I want to, I want to ask all of our um, followers and people in the chat just to go back and just listen to the last two minutes of, of that sequence. You have these really long shots. Um, what is that character's name? Um, that police officer that kind of, he, he seems like he's getting like second thoughts about stuff. Um, that one guy on Merlano one, uh, I don't know what his name is. The I, other Dick. Yeah. The, um, the other guy, <laughs> Ferrix. No, not Ferrix. Yeah, it was, no, Ferrix is the planet, the more okay, line. Also, Mar? just wait, the one that looks like Carl yeah. McLaughlin. Yes, yeah. Hey, I think all Karn. the acting, Cyril Karn. I think all the acting has been very good so yeah, far. Acting is solid. In the show. Yeah, absolutely. Solid. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, anyways, there, go. There go are check no major out. domos. No major domos. He he um he popped Please. up in she, she Hulk. <laughs> that was for you, Shanti. <laughs> Oh my God! Was was that him? Yeah. <laughs> is he really? In the- okay. Yeah, he's well, a shield. Yeah. That sucks. Sucks for Talk us. About a show that's falling flat <clears throat> for me. All right. Any final thoughts on Andor? First three episodes. I think uh, you know we had some really great discussions and some wonderful points from our uh, chat group. I think we're kind of all on the same level. Maybe a little uh, back and forth on it, but it, it seems like everybody is enjoying it. And obviously, the Rotten Tomato scores are are also up there, and some of the other sites that uh, that score these things. But overall, I think um, I think Disney has a hit on their uh, on the horizon here with Andor. It's a six. I'm still giving it a six, but I'm giving it an upward trajectory <laughs> on that score. Well, that's very good. That's very, very nice. Um, Do we get another episode this week, or am I going to be deprived of everything else till I? No, it's no. There yeah, should we, be we an episode this Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We might have to get together for before I leave. Before maybe. Uh, maybe a pre-recorded one. Yeah. Or yeah, just we can do a live maybe during the week. I don't know. Uh, I would like to uh, discuss one more if we if we can. When do you leave specifically? 
Uh, it'll be the week after. So I'll be here next so weekend. Okay. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll um, be able okay. to discuss, but uh, I won't be able to be on the show <clears throat> next weekend. Yeah. So. And we have, uh, we have our friend. I, um, <clears throat> oh, I think he'll be here live. I won't be. No, I won't be able to. No, he won't. That's what he's saying. Oh, okay. so, we so we might have we to can, pre-record. Can pre-record. All right. Cool. We can do that. That's fine. We can do that for sure. I have no life. <laughs> so excellent all right guys in the chat if you uh just discovered us uh make sure you subscribe to the channel we uh are the scare of scuttlebutt podcast we do uh, a live show on youtube every saturday whether we're reviewing andor now obviously we are andor heavy because that's what's out but we uh will also uh you know talk about some other stuff in the nerd uh stratosphere comics or movies or all sorts of uh, dorky things um we have another show coming up on the red five network the red five tavern uh if you guys are into D dungeons and dragons check it out this is what chapter eight yeah there are a few shows in and uh yeah they got some serious decisions to make on on this show so it'll be <laughs> okay. interesting to see what they, there's they're they're between a rock and a hard place currently in that story so it'll be interesting to see where they go with that Excellent, excellent. So check and, out. Uh, thanks, for all, all the, uh, thanks for all the love in the chat. Um, Megan, I'll be gone for a couple months. Um, I should be back late November, early December time frame, unless our schedule changes. So these guys will hold the fort down be in the meantime. Brad. We definitely miss, miss you. you. Um, and don't forget our Public sale. Head on over to the Public. I have the link that is pinned to the top of the chat there. Uh, check out some cool designs from not only us, but, uh, some of the other red five network channels. And I got to get more of the red five channels in our shop so people can save 30%. Use the code, save the dream. Oh, wow. boobs, as uh saw yeah. would say, but yeah, don't forget to hit the thumbs up, subscribe, follow us on the socials. And if you just found out about the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's chat where we distilled and talked about, I think I used the word distilled like seven times tonight. Uh, lovely hilarious. Hilarious. Yes. There you go. <laughs> lovely thank discussion on Andor. Thank you guys for explaining it to me so I could. You're welcome. Relate to it. it. I'm gonna You're welcome, Chiriso. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gonna be his net, net. we'll have to have a watch party while i watch this next episode so i can understand it as we go along okay watch it in got it you yeah, know they actually they actually do the spanish voiceover diego luna and uh arjona so that's kind of cool that doesn't surprise me yeah. um and she is the daughter of a very famous um pop singer hmm. which i didn't know which is cool um i um i got my ns9 star path unit um Imperial. you gotta put that close to the, i don't know what the hell that was it's an ns9 star path unit damn it oh okay maybe that's why it wasn't close God. to the camera gotcha <laughs> all right um since brad is going out to see i'm gonna let him sign us off as i show everybody my ns9 star and path i'm out of, and i'm out of the cone yeah oh good <laughs> so happy for you Thank you guys very much for tuning in. I will miss you as well. Love every single one of you. And uh, can't wait to be back on soon. And that is the Scuttlebutt.
Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>